That is not the intro song we want to start off with. Here we go. I have two shotguns on my home. They're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat secluded. And I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Buy shotgun. Buy shotgun. You don't need machine gun. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy shotgun. Buy double barrel shotgun. You don't need a flamethrower, and you don't need a tank, and you don't need an AR-15 to scare those thugs away, no, and I don't need a grenade launcher, I don't need an F-15, there's just one thing I need to do, and they'll stay away from me. Fire two blasts outside the house, by shotgun, by shotgun, by shotgun, by shotgun. How is everybody doing? Welcome in. Monday night. Monday night. The weekend went quick, did it not? I hope you guys had a good weekend. Hopefully you guys got to spend some good time with some family members and uh, really got to to enjoy the weekend. Now, not necessarily did everyone around the world, so that's why I hope that you did. And uh, so tonight we got got a couple topics. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter night, so I will open up the call-in line if you guys want to call in. Um, finally, a scope that matters. Wow, honored. Thank you. Um, we have, we have quite a bit to, to cover today. Um, at the same time, they're still not gonna, it's not as much as what we normally do. So a lot to cover, a lot to get through. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna rely on you guys. If you guys want to call in tonight, feel free. You want to call into the beard, talk about whatever. It doesn't matter if I'm not covering that topic. You think I need to cover it? You want to enlighten the group? Feel free to, to call in later on in the show. Um, if this is your first time here, my name is... Jason Lyon, Mr. Murka, The Bearded Truth. I am brought to you guys, and I'm very thankful for them, by Muddy Waters Media. Muddy Waters Media is a fantastic company that allows me a platform to reach out to you, giving you my views, my opinions, and my my perspective on things. <clears throat> so thank you to Muddy Waters Media for, for allowing me this opportunity. Thank you for joining in tonight, if this is your first time here. Um, thank you for, for, of course, the continual support for all those retweets, the shares, for the, just the, the overwhelming support. It does, um, it, it makes, makes my, makes my days, makes my heart feel warm. Um, <clears throat> but tonight we got to talk a little bit about Trump and the, in the tariff war that's been going on with China. I think that, uh, the media has been ignoring that for the most part and, and it's, it's not too not to our benefit, not to the people's benefit. So we'll dive into that a little bit. We're also going to talk a little bit about the wrap-up of Barr, the, the the Mueller investigation and putting out the information and everything there. Of course, uh, Nadler himself, he's upset about, about this. He's He just didn't get his way. So Jerry Nadler has to make a grandstand. We'll cover, we'll cover that. Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton both make the news with some some comments that they've been making and and I think Nancy Pelosi certainly needs uh, needs a little pushback, um, or uh, I wouldn't even say pushback, just a little sunshine uh, over that uh, over that topic. And then we're also going to talk about what's going on over there in Venezuela. Uh, 
Apparently, Maduro doesn't like the hashtag fake news, and he's kicked out CNN, so we'll get into that a little bit. And then, of course, we can't miss the big bombings, the big attacks happening over there in the Middle East, over there in Israel, um, in Gaza. So we will cover all of that and then some. So welcome in, everyone. It is Monday, May 6th. And uh, if it's your birthday today, if you had a child today, if you had some big celebration today that you wanted to really just spread the news on and get all kinds of crazy support, I am sorry. But the, the Duchess of Sussex, she popped out a kid today. That's right. We have to stop the news, stop the press. Everyone has to focus in because there's a new baby in town and your baby's not worth it. Your celebration's not worth it because we, once again, have to pay attention to what's going on across the pond from us over here in America. Uh, much bigger stories there, of course. Um, I'm not going to, I'm really not going to spend any time on that because last time that America cared about what's going on across the pond was ni- er, uh, 1776. And we, we told them exactly how we felt then. And uh, for some of us, opinions haven't changed. So <coughs> let's get in. First, start off uh, a topic I didn't even cover in the, 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 the preamble there allows some more people to join in but over there in denver 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 colorado you know one of one of the first states coming out there and endorsing recreational marijuana they are pushing bigger and better things if you will depending on which way you think of bigger or better but denver votes on decriminalizing magic mushrooms tomorrow hmm So tomorrow, one of the first two states to legalize recreational marijuana, now Denver, the state's largest city, might be about to score another victory against the war on drugs. That's right, the war that has incarcerated and destroyed families, torn apart the nuclear family that so many of us care about, um, have torn people away from them. And now, um, tomorrow, on a vote on Initiative 301, which will effectively decriminalize the adult possession and the use... Yep. Of, of magic mushrooms in the city. No person no person should face severe criminal penalties for possessing a mushroom, says Kevin Matthews, campaign manager for the Dem- Denver Initiative, the office campaign for Initiative 301. People can really lose their jobs, their livelihoods, and their families for something that occurs naturally. That's right, boys and girls. If you got something growing under your, your beds, if you got it growing in your closets... Just move to Denver, and uh, if Initiative 301 passes, you'll be right as rain, and you won't have to worry about facing criminal prosecutions just because you're a little sloppy with with how you clean. But, yes, trying to trying to end, end the war on possession crime, something that is near and dear to my heart. All right. So let's get in. Let's get into the bigger, bigger, <laughs> bigger and better topics. Uh, William Barr. Let's get into this real quick. So today, nine o'clock in the morning, we finally had the deadline for when William Barr was was going to be required to break the law or be held in contempt of Congress. Jerry Nadler, who was upset at the ways that um, the Mueller report was redacted by by William Barr, has now said. That you're going to give us everything, every single word, unredacted. If you're going to redact something, then uh, you're not worthy of of not being held in contempt. And so he's pushing for this. Now, it is against the law to release or to unredact the grand jury information. So Jerry Nadler is is basically saying, look, break the law or we will go after you. Hmm. What a nice 
kind, gentle soul. This is, of course, coming on the off of the basis that Democrats have been deranged. They've been um, obsessed with the Mueller investigation of what they thought the outcome would be. And when the Mueller outcome didn't come out the way that they wanted to, now they have to pivot. They have to find something else to go after. It's these these little things where he's very specific on on not I wouldn't say very specific, but he was specific enough on why these things were being redacted that it's not good enough. And those that's the damning information. That right there is the damning information that was going to get get the coffin nailed in for Trump. And and it, it really doesn't it just it just shows just the level of intelligence that some of these people have. And it oh. This is coming from, let me see here. There was a comment in here. Nope, 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 no, 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 no. All right. I'm not finding the quote. I should have had that highlighted. I apologize. But nonetheless, basically, there was a couple of members from the House Judiciary Committee that basically said Nadler is just begging him to break the law or to have the law be broken on him. And and I think that that's right. This, this is just the derangement. This is just them trying to exactly bully and and um, to get whatever information that they can because they don't have enough information because the information just isn't there. This is coming from somebody, right? I am somebody that said, let's go through the investigation. If he's guilty, he's guilty. Let's let's burn him at the stake. If he's innocent, let him be innocent. And within the bar, or sorry, not the bar, within the Mueller report. There was, Mueller had laid it out specifically, and he had said, look, there's not enough there really to charge him, um, but there may be some stuff there. And and by just saying that, there's something that we need to realize. And this was something that the left liked to do, Democrats liked to do when it came to the Hillary Clinton investigation, where they actually pointed out actual crimes that were committed, um, but they said no, nobody would, no honorable um, prosecutor would go after this is that there is a presumption of innocence. So if there's not enough there to charge, then there's not enough there to charge. Mueller Mueller said it himself. So they're they're barking up trees, they're they're trying to get as much out there as they can. They And and can you blame them? The Dem- Democrats have been running on this for now 3 years. 3 years of running on this collusion stuff. 3 years of saying that president has been involved on this. Now, there are calls being made from the conservative side for when Mueller does testify on when did you know that there was no conspiracy? When did you know that there was no collusion? When did you know there was no cooperation between Trump and the Russian government or the government or the Russian entities? When did you know that? Because that's they're they're hoping that they can just remove all of the the excess charges that have have come out from this. And I think that there's um there's a little bit of a fallacy within that because if we go back to Rod Rosenstein's uh authorization Mueller if we go back to Mueller's authorization letter it says in there so the first one is talking about actually looking for if there was any conspiracy between the two right any links and or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the pre- campaign of President Donald Trump, right? If that was it, if that was the entire scope of what Robert Mueller was working on, then they would have something there. But the problem is, is the very next line, 
The very next line, any matters that arose or may arise directly from the investigation. Now, there is a, a constitutional argument there to say, look, there's a Fourth Amendment. And so you can't have an unlimited scope. You can't have um, just you basically send the dogs out there and anything and everything that they can find is now somehow not is somehow now a valid investigation or or valid in the way that it was obtained. You have to have an actual justified scope. You have to have a scope um, within the time, within the area and the locations and everything else. And that's, that's where this, the authorization should be challenged, but not the findings from the investigation, right? You go after the actual um, appointment letter, which was order number 3915 TAC 2017. You go after that. And then once you get that torn apart, once you tear that away, then you can move on and you can say, yes, now we get rid of all of the investigations that were fruit of the poisonous tree. Everything that came from this corrupt investigation from, from uh, lines two, then those become null and void. Now, I'm not, uh, for the people that committed wrongdoings and actually created victims, I, I have no problem with that. Somebody for evading taxes, I don't see that as a crime. I don't understand how that's a crime. Point to me the victim. Point to me the victim. If there's no victim, there's no crime. And so there there are some people out there that, um, you know, they they colluded. They they worked with, with foreign entities in order to uh, provide information, in order to work together, in order to provide information one way or the other. Sure, you can you can go after that. But saying somebody, somebody tried to get out of their taxes... I don't see you guys going after Bernie Sanders for deducting every penny of his taxes that he possibly can. I mean, the man is a is a is a closet capitalist, but he he does what he does, and and obviously he's pretty good at it for making it to becoming a millionaire by by himself. You know, he blames it on his book. I would say that it was more of the people selling his books than himself, but none nonetheless. Um. Mueller never said he wasn't innocent or guilty. You guys are running with he's innocent. Mike Blackbot, the, the point of that, though, is the presumption of innocence. Presumption of innocence when it comes to actually colluding or conspiring or um, or working with the Russians, that was, that was laid out very clearly in the Mueller report in Volume 1 of innocent. Volume 2 was getting into the conspiracy, or not in the conspiracy, uh, into obstruction of justice. And even within that, they said that there there wasn't enough there. There just wasn't enough there. And so he basically said, here you go, DOJ, if you guys want to find something. And DOJ also said, look, there's not enough there. And and so understanding the way the, the, the presumption of innocence, the judicial system works, that's just the way that that's going to unfold every time. If there's not enough there in order to um, get a grand jury to settle without a, uh, or beyond a reasonable doubt, if you don't have enough there, then it's it, presumption of innocence applies, right? It's not presumption of guilt. It's not presumption of my gut feeling says you're guilty, so therefore you're guilty. And that's that's kind of where they're they're failing right now on that. Um, <clears throat> but. We will continue on. So on two days ago, so on Saturday, Nancy Pelosi made some some headlines. Just because it's a victimless crime doesn't mean it's illegal. Yes, I agree. Illegality versus morality are two different things, right? There's plenty of things that were legal, that were completely immoral, that should have been illegal. And I think that you and I would both agree that uh, slavery should have never been illegal. 
uh, or should, should have never been legal. I apologize. Slavery should have never been legal. Internment camps for Japanese people during World War II, that should have never been a thing, but that was legal. And so you get down into this into this argument where you say they're just doing their jobs, right? The the Nazi soldiers were just doing their jobs and they were just killing people. They were just putting people into the showers and letting them die, screaming and suffering. They were just doing their jobs. No worries, guys. They were just doing their jobs. Legality doesn't mean a damn. Let, let me be honest with you. Legality doesn't mean a damn thing. Because if you if you work on the presumption of legality, all it takes is just a simple majority of whoever's in control to say, let's make this a crime. Tomorrow they say, it's illegal for you to speak out. It's illegal for you to speak out against us. Now there's no victim to you just speaking out and saying whatever you want to say, but it would be illegal. And so they're just doing their jobs. It's it's this failed logic that, that I hope that as a society we could become can become more civilized and realize if there's no victim, why is there a crime? Why is it illegal for somebody to to do something of their own free uh, free will? But nonetheless, let, we'll progress on. Nancy Pelosi made uh, made some news this weekend. First off, she stole. So, uh, she's still in agreement with with herself from from before, which she does not believe that President Trump can be removed and should not be sought to be removed through the impeachment process. She, she understands that there is a Republican majority in the Senate, and therefore any attempts would just be futile. It would rile up people, and get people angry. Now, the way that's why we have laws. Then what? No, you just said what? No, no, you're you're fine. But you say that's why we have laws, but if the laws are make something illegal, but it's not right, then it's not, it's not a just law. Law is supposed to be just. So anyways, she has, she has a, a, a stance here which just shows you the concern of politicians, of your normal politician. People will oftentimes change their stances. If we remember all the way back to the WikiLeaks release during the 2016 election, where uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton herself was saying one thing in front of the public and another in front of private bankers, where her stances were changing, where she's open borders here, she's more in favor of closed borders here, where she's in favor of this, where she's in favor of that. She was willing to flip-flop. And so what what Nancy Pelosi believes is that they have to, the Democrats, have to win by a margin so big that he cannot, he being Donald Trump, cannot challenge the legitimacy of a Democratic victory. That's what she's hoping for. Now, if we look out there and in, into the, to the realm of who is running, if, of who is running and how they're running and what they're doing, nobody's doing what she wants to. But they're running more of an honest campaign than what she's ask, advocating for. Now, what she says, <clears throat> she offered Democrats her cold-blooded plan for de decisively ridding themselves of Mr. Trump, of Mr. President Trump. Do not get dragged into a protracted impeachment bid that will ultimately get crushed in the Republican-controlled Senate. And do not risk alienating the moderate voters who flocked to the party in 2018 by drifting too far to the left. Own the center-left. Own the mainstream, Ms. Pelosi says. Our passions were for health care, bigger paychecks, cleaner government, a simple message. I can, I can, with those three things, 
You know what you can do in order to get those things, and it's completely divergent of what the Democrats are advocating for. If you want to fix healthcare, get the government out of it. You want bigger paychecks, get the government out of your paycheck. You want a cleaner government, make a smaller government to where we can look at them and we can understand exactly what they're doing. We can understand exactly when they're working within the confinements of the Constitution. And and certainly right now, we know when they are going far above and beyond of where the restrictions were, were laid before them. But... If we want to have the message that she says here, our passions were for health care, bigger paychecks and a cleaner government, the, uh, uh, she says a simple message. Yes, the simple message is reduce the size of government, reduce the size of government, reduce the spending, reduce the, the control, reduce their ability to, to be ridiculous and, and nonsensical in the way that they have always been. But... She doesn't, she thinks we do not engage in some other exuberances that exist in our party. A reference to some of the most ambitious plans advocated by the left wing of her party and some 2020 candidates, including Medicare for All and Green New Deal. She doesn't, so by this, <clears throat> pardon me, Medicare for All, she doesn't believe in. Good. Green New Deal, she doesn't believe in. She's been vocal against that. Good. Both of those ideas are, are the feel good. They're the feel good because they feel good. You think that they're going to be good. You think that they're going to be implemented in the right way. But then you forget that we still have Congress. We still have the president of the United States, regardless of whoever it is, regardless of who's in office at the time. It doesn't matter because it will never be good. It will never work in the way that it was intended to be implemented. It's not, it, it just doesn't work. It simply does not work. We've gone through plenty of the different countries that have uh, implemented Medicare for all. We've torn apart at where the people are suffering because of it. We've gone through that. It's a matter of allowing for more competition, allowing for more people to find more places that want their business. But if you control the supply, and the demand gets too large. The government is too slow to increase the supply. And they can't do it while maintaining financial constrictions upon those markets. And so when the, when the doctors lose the money, when the doctors aren't making as much money as they were before, when there's no desire for them to work harder for less money, they simply fold out and they leave. It's, it's been tried and true every time through. When we look at the UK, when we look at Finland, right now they're folding on their nationalized healthcare systems. They're trying to figure out how to move back to the free market. When we look at Canada and their long ass wait times, hmm, doesn't sound too good. When we look at Cuba, when we look at Puerto Rico, when we look at, shoot, Venezuela, all these places are not doing great. Their healthcare is in shambles. And it's only getting worse and worse. No, but the people are happy. The people don't know anything. Look at the, the empirical data. Look at the statistics on these things. It, it, it's, a, it's a monster. It's a monster that's supposed to be a unicorn. Turns out, monsters are real. We see them all the time. They come into Congress. They talk to us. You see monsters all the time. People, people can easily be monsters, but nobody can be a unicorn. Nobody can be a unicorn. So Nancy Pelosi wants to feign 
have the 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 Democrats feign to the center, feign to the left or to the to the right of where they are. Put up a, a, a mask over yourself. Don't talk about the radicalness that you actually believe in, that you actually want to impose upon people through force, through extortion, through the threat of violence of the, the state. Don't be like that. Be soft and compassionate. Be unlike yourself, but be like the people that they want, not the people that they will get. This. Okay. Um, I want to handle that real quick, Mike Blackpot. Um, so you said, what were you saying? We should let the system stay the same. How does the drop prices for the average person? That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that there's much too, there's many too, uh, interventions within the, the medical system. So for example, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the certificate of needs. Certificate of need is basically a system that was enacted back in the seventies at the federal level. And then, um, within the, the, Three years, I think it was, they had removed at the federal level the certificate of need requirement. Um, 36 states currently right now still have the certificate of need requirement. And that basically means that if you want to open up a medical facility, you have to provide the government with an application and say, I would like to provide health care, sir. If it pleases the crown, can I take care of the sick and the poor? And the government goes, all right, there's already a competitor there. Competitor, would you like to challenge this peasant? Would you like to prevent this peasant from opening up their markets? And then they open up the litigation, open up into the courtrooms, and they fight for years. They, they spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to open up health care to provide you with the health care that your family could want and use. And by reducing the availability, reducing the amount of competitors into a market allows those that are already within to have a, a somewhat of a monopoly, to be able to control, to be able to, to do as they see fit. And so you, you push out the smaller guys, you keep out the smaller guys, and you're just left with the big guys. Now imagine, right? I, I think everyone understands the, the problem with monopolies. Monopolies means that if you're the only supplier and there's a large demand, you can raise your rates as high as you want. You can have all the control you want within it. And just the certificate of need is just one small, tiny, minuscule aspect of the atrocities that have been legislated to, to guarantee that healthcare prices continue to climb and that competition does not thrive. <clears throat> This is wishful thinking. Big medical companies never cared for the average American. They, If they never cared, then they would never provide. And the problem is, is that big medical companies do provide because if you provide one time, the next time that that person gets sick, the next time that that person gets hurt, they come back and they be a, a, another consumer once again. They, they continue to utilize that market. And so there isn't a single market out there that says we don't care about our consumers. It would be it would be really stupid. Could you imagine if Boeing was like, we don't care about our passengers. We don't care about the safety. Um, forget about the, the the landing gear. Don't worry about that. Don't put brakes on it. You know what? We don't need a left wing. Once you're, once you're at like 20,000 feet, just the left wing pops off. It'll be fine. We don't care about them. We'll get, we'll get more customers. Customers will keep coming back to us. I promise. Does that work? No. Uh, it doesn't really work. It's it's just not it, it it's just not a well thought out idea to think that 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 this is how um 
This is how any corporation or any entity would work. Now, you can talk about entities that have been protected and propped up by government where they don't have to care nearly as much. And I, I, you know, you can agree with that. But a company by itself that has to survive on its own would, of course, want to provide a better quality, as best of a quality that they can, and a better quality than those that they compete against. They want to do that. Everybody wants to do that. But, yes. All right. <clears throat> All right, we hit the we hit the Nadler topic. All right, I'm just going to drop this one real quick. You can have the election stolen from you, says Hillary Rodham Clinton. Stolen from you. You can have the election stolen from you. She knows from experience after she stole from Bernie Sanders himself, as that has been well documented and well researched. That, uh, you know, her involvement there within the DNC, basically being the cash cow, being able to to supply the most money through the Hillary Clinton Foundation, to be able to assert her dominance over others and to be able to say, you know what, guys, Bernie may be getting a lot of support, but uh, we're going to have to swindle this stuff. We're going to have to change things up. Let's jostle up the the rules a little bit and to make sure that I become the nominee. She lost it. And now she's saying, look, ah, elections can be stolen, guys. They can be stolen. <laughs> they, they, they say it's a warning. But what she's saying is that she may come along and steal another person's election. I, I really think that it's a warning. Uh, it's a threat from her. Uh, you know. But Hillary Clinton, what a wonderful gal that is. All right. Maduro. Let's go over to Venezuela. So Venezuela, the part where we've had angry, violent, revolting, and the Maduro regime and the military has been able to utilize their military force and their guns against the people that are unarmed, that are throwing rocks and bottles. Well, Maduro is tired of the fake news. So Venezuela's government has kicked CNN International off the air in Venezuela as President Nicolas Maduro attempts to quell an armed revolt led by opposition leader Juan Juan Guaido. Contel, Conatel, the Venezuelan agency responsible for regulating telecom companies, ordered DirecTV, NetUno, Intercable, and Telefonica to cut CNN International in English off the air Tuesday. CNN International had already been cut off months ago, Mediaite reports so they're just they're just making sure that this doesn't get out to the public you can't let the atrocities happening that are happening at the the ordering of of himself and his generals to be aired out for the public because he doesn't want to be portrayed as a bad guy i don't know much about uh gaido the opposition leader the one that is being backed by the u.s and a couple others he may be a bad guy he may be a bad guy, but this is Maduro is also a bad guy. I we don't know enough about Juan. We just know that he's getting all the support right now. He may be slightly right of of Nicholas, but in the end, they're both pretty bad people. But you can always see whenever you have a president, a leader, a dictator, whoever it is that is trying to cut down, shut down airwaves, trying to prevent information from being released, it's rarely in the best interest of the country or of the world. And in this instance, it is it is abundantly clear there's major fundamental issues over there. The wife was trying to call. All right. 
Um, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into Israel real quick, and then once we're done with Israel, we will. Uh, I'll open up the phone lines about midway through Israel and uh, and the Gaza attack. And if you guys want to call in, you guys got opinions on on things that have been happening earlier on in the show or other topics you want to bring up, feel free to do so. Um, <coughs> so over the weekend, Friday. Friday night's coming down. Um, you know, people are raising the roof. They're having a good time, throwing down with the parties and whatnot. And Gaza says, hey, we're going to be through shooting some bombs. So the number of rockets fired from Hamas over the weekend by Sunday had totaled 600. Israel's Iron Dome defense had intercepted and neutralized at least 150 of them. That means that there's about 450 of them that were landing in random areas. Um, as soon as, while this was going on, this has been something that's been going on for months, for years, where you've had these these bombing conflicts happening um, both ways, right? Israel's been bombing uh, Hamas, Hamas has been bombing Israel, and they've just been going at it. Um, Israel did step up. Um, Netanyahu, who was recently indicted for what was it? It was it was it was some money laundering scheme. Um, Netanyahu moved tanks and, and and boots on the ground to the southern border to help uh, protect his border, and he's been launching missiles and or launching uh, air air bombing or he's been doing air bombs. Um, why am I forgetting the word? He's been doing airstrikes. There we go. He's been performing airstrikes down among uh, across Hamas. Now, during this time, right, people are getting blown up. People are getting killed. Um, here we go. 20 people, including eight civilians, have been killed throughout the weekend in Gaza. Um, there was a 37-year-old pregnant mother and her 14-year-old niece, 14-month-old niece, that was killed. Uh, four Israeli... Citizens have been killed. There's been killings on both sides of, of, of this conflict. And what we, what we see, what we see from the media is picking one side or the other side. What we see is, is usually a blind eye whenever your side is the first to aggress and the other side is, is to retaliate. And usually, you know, if your side is the one that aggressed, you go, well, the retaliation was much worse than, than the initial, um, I think that it's abundantly clear now that Hamas and Israel don't get along, that they both committed atrocities against the other, and they both have initiated attacks against the other. And and they continue to open up more threats against the others, and they continue to... Uh, oh, apologize for that noise. Um, they continue to ramp up these attacks. Now, this is going to make it interesting. This is going to make it interesting for the future to see, is America going to get involved with Israel and help protect Israel, like what we would expect President Trump and, and Bolton to be in favor of? Um, are we going to stay stand idly by? Are we going to continue helping support through defensive measures? Um, unlike what we're doing with Saudi Arabia and Yemen, got to bring that up, of course, um, where we're actually helping out with the offensive um, but that whole entire situation is certainly something that needs to be handled with with a clear head and not taking your gut emotions in on this. Um, I don't know, you know, I understand that the Palestinians were uh, taken out of Israel m many years ago. They were kicked out 
through eminent domain, something that I believe is absolute theft and is immoral and destructive. And I know that it's in our constitution. I still think that is wrong. Um, and so I know that they just want their farmlands back. I know that they're, they're there to try to get back what they believe is theirs. And Israel is saying, no, this is ours. And you just have this giant conflict and, and nobody's winning. Nobody's doing better. No one. It, it's just become a nonsensical hurricane of, of atrocities. Now, there was something I was told you guys I was going to cover tonight and I didn't bring it up yet. Um, but that is <coughs> Donald Trump and China have been going at it. We've known that they've been going out with the tariff wars, right? They've been both ramping up their tariffs for a while, uh, approximately a year and a half ago. We've seen the outcomes of that, right? The cost to purchase your washers and dryers, the cost to purchase goods and, and things that were produced here in America or produced in China, those have gone up in, co or in price because of these tariffs. And uh, there's a, a fundamental truth that comes to tariffs. And, and I hope that the Republicans, that Congress, that Democrats, that everyone can understand is that a tariff is just a tax on the consumer. It's just a tax on the consumer. That's why when we tariffed on steel and everything else and, and included washers, your washing machines to wash your laundry, that it increased not only the cost of washers that were made here in America, because now you have less competition, but it also increased the cost for dryers. What's going on, KK? Welcome in. So there's 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 a big hubbub. There's a big issue. No, I won't call it a hubbub. There's a big issue with, with having these tariff wars. And now just recently... Um, let me pull Donald Trump's tweets first. Um, I only have a screenshot of his. Here we go. For 10 months, this is Donald Trump's tweet. For 10 months, China has been paying tariffs to the USA of 25% on 50 billion dollars of high tech and 10% on 200 billion dollars of other goods. These payments are partially responsible for our great economic results. Not really. Uh, the 10% will go up to 25% on Friday. 325 billion dollars of additional goods sent to the US sent to us by China remain untaxed, but it will be shortly at a rate of 25%. The tariffs paid to the US have little impact on product costs, mostly borne by China. The trade deal with China continues but too slowly as they attempt to renegotiate. No. Now, here is, here was Chuck Schumer's. <clears throat> Were you in the Freedom Tunes video? I don't believe I was. If I was, that would be interesting. That'd be cool if I'm getting like retweeted, rescoped or whatever, whatever, whatever that's called um, onto other people's shows. So Chuck Schumer takes that and he retweets. He quote tweets President Trump. And he says, hang on, China. Hang on tough or hang tough on China, President Trump. Don't back down. Strength is the only way to win with China. Now, there's many different ways that you can read this. There's many different ways that you could take this and you could say, look, Chuck Schumer's finally standing with President Trump on something. This is great. This is beautiful. Well, I have to point out to you that he was standing with him uh, last week for uh, negotiations on spending $2 trillion, in which they both were just raising the number up to $2 trillion to spend on infrastructure. But here's another instance where you could look at that and you could say, yeah, he's on he's on board with Trump. Fight hard against trying to get these Let's let's knock out these tariffs. Let's let's get this out of here. Um, let's let's make this better for America. You can also look at this, and this is how I took it as. 
And this was my tweet. He knows that there's no quote-unquote winning from this. To keep poking the beast can lead to more than just an economic conflict. It will also make it clear to all Americans that these tariffs are being paid by them, not China. Schumer is busy looking at 2020. So, economic conflict. If we continue down uh, effectively a cold war, we can we can progress into a cold war where we're trying to have trade wars with other countries and trying to trying to isolate ourselves from China and uh, China isolates themselves from us and <clears throat> we have this this giant building block of of both countries trying to build up as much as they can in order to to outmatch the other one America's not going to win that one China has been too strong on being able to steal intellectual property being able to steal technology to be able to grow and produce things at a higher rate than us, they have a much larger population than us. They have less controls over their uh, over their commerce, over their economy. So they they are essentially have their hands untied for this. Meanwhile, because we live in the United States, despite the fact that we claim that we have the most freedom, economically we do not. <clears throat> so there's the conflict there. If it goes beyond just an economic conflict, and then it turns into a war, if we actually start somehow threatening. Threatening the livelihood of China through through trade wars and through sanctions and, and all of this, then we go to war. Then we go to war. Not a good time, right? That that may be the more extreme. That may be the more hyperbolic stance. But that's not a good issue. That's not a good time. And when it comes to these tariffs, the tariffs have already stolen. Uh, I think it was like 1.5% of the GDP. It's stolen from us. Stolen from us by the decisions of our commander-in-chief, of our president of the United States. And that's not going to get better. Raise the tariffs that just steals more GDP from us. That steals more productivity from us. We lose out on the trade altogether. Can America provide all that it needs? No, it cannot. We may be a finally be a larger exporter than we are an importer, but at the same time, we do not have the capacity. Look at our unemployment numbers, the numbers that President Trump likes to boast about. And certainly they're worth boasting about a little bit. Um, but those numbers show that we don't have a large workforce available to jump in, and pull up their sleeves and handle um, an economic race. We don't have the capacity. And so there's there's really no I wouldn't say there's really a good way of looking at this tariff war. I was hoping, I was genuinely hoping that the last time that they, they looked like they were dying out, that they were going to give up on this, that was going to be the end of this. I was hoping that that would have been the case. Um, but it looks like, you know, tensions are, are rising once again. Conflicts are, are growing. And not just with China. I'm wondering, I'm wondering because just last week, just last week, there was a report from South Korea saying that Pyongyang, over there in North Korea, was firing off missiles. So now it looks like North Korea is getting back into things. President Trump has had made kind of a, a he he tried to to resolve that by speaking about Kim Jong Un, saying you know he's not he's not coming out here to do this. You know he's he's kind of telling him out the side of his out the side of his mouth, you don't want to do this. And so you have North Korea kind of acting up. You've got China now acting up. You've got Russia getting involved over there in Venezuela. Tensions are rising around the world. And uh, 
I think Trump is ready to double down and, and put on the fisticuffs. He's ready to throw down. And, and this is, if we go there, we go there. I don't know how this is going to do for 2020. This might be something you might want to hold on to until you get your second presidency, President Trump. You might want to hold on until you get elected again. Too near, too close to the next election for you to be playing this way if you want to have your second uh, your second term as President of the United States. But uh, So I got the phone number up there, guys. If you guys want to call in, feel free to call in. Oh, my camera is really high today, huh? Um, if you guys want to call in, you guys feel free to call in. The phone number is 802-671-5328. Feel free to call in. If you guys got topics, concerns, questions, um, or opinions that differ from mine, and I'm sure that many of you do, feel free to call in. 802-671-5328. But <clears throat> uh, I'm sure I've, I've got one more story that I can cover as real. And then uh, we'll wrap this up. Like I said, we might we might be getting out of here a little early tonight. A lot to cover, not enough as normal. Oh yes, here here is here is one that I wanted to cover with you guys. We will actually pull up. We will give you guys the full screen of the. Actually, I'll, I'll, if you guys look on this picture, you can see this woman right here. Oh, that is the wrong button. If you guys look on the screen now, now that I've finally clicked the correct button, you can see this woman. Uh, she is pregnant. What happened over the weekend was that... Well, here, I will just read you guys the article. This is from Squiggly Line Guy. If you guys don't know who Squiggly Line Guy is... He's a fantastic guy living out in the Pacific Northwest, holding on to the to the strands or to the to the reins of liberty in in communist Northwest. Uh, if you thought the struggle in Venezuela was limited to just Venezuela, you'd be wrong. Demonstrations have been ongoing at the Venezuelan embassy in Washington D.C. Venezuelans in America who support the Guaido coup against Maduro have been protesting at the embassy. A group called Code Pink has been counter-demonstrating in favor of maintaining the Maduro regime. Code Pink is a group that bills itself as anti-war and pro-socialism. So I suppose it makes sense that this group would oppose Venezuelans who want to overthrow a socialist dictator. Code Pink is largely a female-driven group, but there are male members who presumably virtue signal in hopes of getting laid. We all know those guys. Uh, one such member, a white male intolerant leftist who champions women's and minorities decided to white-splain, mansplain to a Venezuelan girl about how she was wrong in regards to the Venezuelan coup staged by Guido. Except he didn't really explain anything. He physically assaulted her instead. The girl, Mariana Umiana, is 27 weeks pregnant with a very visible and beautiful baby bump. But that didn't stop this white male leftist from physically attacking her over her support of the coup being staged in her own country of origin. When you are willing to attack a woman who is pregnant, visibly pregnant, it just speaks so loudly about your character, about your values, and about your principles. I can't say that, uh, you, know, you, you can't even speak fondly of this guy in any appreciable way. A disgusting individual 
and uh, was taken down by the cops pretty violently. And I wouldn't say violently, probably a bad word. He was taken down by the cops and, and detained and arrested. And of course, others within the Code Pink movement, those in favor of the socialist Maduro, uh, they had many things to say and none of them were coherent, logical, or based in the truth of what was going on in that situation. But with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up the show. Um, for the rest of the week, it looks like, if I'm not wrong, we are going to have a full week once again. So tonight's Monday night. Of course, you had it with me, Miss Merck of the Beard of Truth. Tuesday night, you're going to have Spike and Matt on Muddy Waters of Freedom. You'll find them here on Periscope, on YouTube, on Facebook. You'll find them also on our podcast. You can find us on uh, on Anchor. You can find us on Stitcher, on Apple. Find us on wherever you normally get your podcast from, where you can take us on the go. And make sure you guys leave us a five-star review so that we can get found out and you guys can help market us in that way. Send us a review. Um, whatever you want to give us, give us five more than that. So if you want to give us five, I, I think five is the limit. So just throw it down with a five-star review. Write something nice about us. Say, say you like the beard. Say you like the mat, the spike, whatever it is that you enjoy about the show. Just leave us a five-star review. Help us out. I would appreciate that. We all would. Um, but then after that, you got Wednesday night, and that's going to be my fellow Americans. I do believe Spike is returning back to his fantastic show of bringing on guests and bringing them over to the side of Liberty. Um, and then Thursday night, of course, is the writer's block and the finishing it off Friday nights with me, Mr. Murka, the bearded truth, Jason Lyon. So thank you guys all for coming out tonight. Hope you, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed everything that came your way. And with that, guys, I bid you all adieu. And I hope to see you guys throughout the week on all the, on the different streams and, uh, take care and I'll see you guys soon. Have a good one. I'll, I'll play the song one more time. How about that? Uh oh. Oh, that's why. Two shotguns on my home. There we go. They're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat secluded. And I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Great song. Great song. shotgun. Buy shotgun. You don't need machine gun. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy shotgun. Buy double bell shotgun. No, you don't need a flamethrower. And you don't need a tank. You don't need an AR-15 to scare those thugs away, no. And I don't need a grenade launcher. I don't need an AR-15. There's just one thing I need to do, and they'll stay away from me. Fire two blasts outside the house. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun, baby. You don't need machine guns. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy shotguns. Y'all have a great week and I'll see you guys on Friday.